One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You're kind of in and out. Just make sure you're connected. Pull it off and blow in the connectors. Turn this off. Turn off the television. It's like a Nintendo cartridge. you got to blow in it. And you learned this from where? Huh? Where did you learn this from? I'm a professional broadcaster, so this is just Uh, a trick of the trade. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, when my fucking mic stops working, we'll see how professional shit is. Before we get started, sure. why don't you guys talk about the trailers? What were the trailers? Um, the there mummy. was, oh. there was uh, Gal- Garden of the Galaxy. Garden of the Galaxy, which looks fan- looks phenomenal. Ghost in the Shell. It looks all right. Ghost in the Shell looks awesome. Yeah, actually, I, I was, yeah. that's what I think the new uh, Harrison Ford movie. Um, yeah. Blade, Blade, Runner? Yeah, Blade, Blade Runner? Blade Runner. I think that's what the Blade Runner should look like. A lot of that stuff came from Blade Runner. Yeah. You know, it, it all that cyberpunk stuff was William Gibson and Blade Runner. And, and you know, Ghost in the Shell was when in the 90s, like the mid-90s? I think so. How far ahead was the manga versus the anime? Because it, it started as a manga and then it became an anime, or was it the other way around? And then when did the hentai come around? I think it was anime first. It was part of that renaissance when Akira... Um, it, was, it was a few years after Akira. Yeah, because yeah, Akira, Akira was like that's, late 80s, that's right? The, Gundam, yeah. Gundam. I mean, I saw Akira when it was all in Japanese with American writing on the bottom like they were writing a dialogue back when you're getting like dubs on VHS yeah, but like, right? well, you'd have to go up to the college the uh, the otaku would have it well, <laughs> one of the, the college students who were taking Japanese would have the bootlegs and some of them would actually like dub it themselves so it'd be like Chip what are you doing you should really stop because they were trying to right they're trying to learn Japanese yeah. through well no they were trying they were boot they were well, dubbing I mean, Japanese anime with American voices they could understand what oh, the characters were speaking okay. of and then they would sell you these VHS tapes for like Okay, so what you're saying is their performances of what they were... Were very wooden. Okay, but are you sure that they were successful translations, too? They may have missed a lot of nuance, given that they were students and all. He he didn't double-check their grades, (laughs) asshole. Well, you gotta remember... I remember... Well, I mean, he would have seen the official versions versus the versions... Yeah, and then he played them side-by-side. Come on, dude. This is the time where, like, if you were gonna buy a VHS copy of Akira, was like $70. I mean, they were ridiculously expensive. That was what everything cost, then. Unless it was, like, at Walmart, you know, or Kmart or something. Well, no, because... You, I remember buying Fire and Ice and Wizards for like dirt cheap at the Kroger bin. But, but, but that was because they had movies that w- weren't terribly successful. Yeah. You know, those movies weren't huge success True. or anything. And I think the back she owned them or, or at least there was some rights, you know, weird rights issues with yeah. those movies anyway. So those type of movies and stuff that was in the public domain, that would go in and you could actually afford that. You could buy, pay, you know, 10 to $20 and get one of those cassettes. But everything else, especially new, would be $80 yeah. to $100 for a VHS cassette because they're all priced for rental so the rental store was supposed to true. buy them and then rent them to you because I remember when my the first time I saw it my uncle had bought it and we watched me him and like two of my cousins and I was just blown away how beautiful the animation was and, uh, on Akira on Akira? Akira oh yeah. yeah oh it's even to this day it's stunning I haven't seen it in freaking forever uh, I don't think I've ever even seen it in its entirety I've Ghost- seen it in its entirety I, I, I wasn't into it just like I'd never I tried really hard to get into what we called Japanimation back then oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it was we called it Japanimation yeah the, very little of it actually took I appreciated the visuals. I thought it had really striking visuals, but I understand they, they weren't they compacting like a 28 volume well, actually, story? Because like the epics were like 48 page square bounds, and I think they went to like 30 some odd issues of that, and all of that was supposed to be adapted into one 90 minute well, two hour movie. And, and a lot of times what happens too is, like you said earlier, a lot of stuff gets lost in translation, yeah. because I've seen one version dubbed where it was the version I remember, and then I saw another version redubbed, and even parts of it sequenced correctly, because apparently for the American version, they cut 
cut sequences. They moved them around a little bit. Yeah. And it made more sense and the story had more gravitas to it. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, the original Japanese or the American version? The, the, the Japanese version with American dialogue. Okay, like, yeah. Well, and you, you could have it either you could have it either in Japanese or in English. I just heard in English, which the voices were very similar stuff, but it was the story was way different. Yeah. But I enjoyed it way more. Well, you have a lot of, like they, especially in the early days, you had a lot of journeymen and amateurs who were just adapting the stuff, doing like very literal translations, even though it didn't make sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they also Dragon got, Ball. yeah, and then they also got professional American writers. All your bases are belong to us. You are on the way for this version. What do you say? You have no chance to survive, make your time. They would get professional American writers to figure out the nuance or to culturate it to something that we would understand, to put mm -hmm. it in a context that yeah. we understand. Yeah, and you've seen the movie Ghost in the Shell. They, they oh, that was a long time ago. I've I never seen it. it. I've never seen it either. I've seen it. I've seen the... I, I saw we're the, we're uh, bad nerds. Well, no, I've saw that. I, I, I think I saw the... Uh, didn't they do a, a sequel to it, too? Yeah, or like an did, animated, did an animated sequel. Yeah. I think it was Ghost in the Shells. Or was it Ghosts Ghosts in the Shell? I don't remember. It was, it was, no, a, it was a joke, like... Alien, I know. I know. It was, well, it was also one of those late trailers. Like I think it came out like we I mean, not the trailers, late uh, sequels that came out like ten years after yeah. the fact. So I, I I don't even think I own it. Like Train Spotting, like rent it or something. Check it out. I actually want to see that Train Spotting. Yeah, I mean, I, the comparison I make is between Clerks and Clerks Two, uh, which I know is probably a little bit weird. I saw Clerks because everybody would talk about Clerks, mm -hmm. and I think I saw it probably after Mallrats because uh, Mac here and his brother, especially his brother, we talked, talked about this on Mallrats. the podcast. We, 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 we talked I about believe we. Talked about okay, the talked that one up a lot. I wasn't into it. Then I caught Clerks on video, and I wasn't really super into that. And then for some reason, years later, I think it was Yumi yeah. and Pussycat went and saw yeah. that one. And I really dug Clerks too. Well, I, I, I was there too. I saw Clerks oh, you were two. There there and, and, and I know yeah, at least because I've never seen Clerks one, but right. I saw Clerks one. And, and I know a big deciding factor in my enjoyment was Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Dawson's bouncing breast. But I also really liked seeing those guys and those dead end jobs ten years later, and Kevin Smith sort of like memorializing the regular guy well, it, who just goes into his job daily and and. Mm -hmm. And goes through the grind and tries to find the joy in that kind of work. And I'm hoping T2, as they're referring to it, which is unfortunate, uh, I'm hoping that'll do the same thing where we get to see what happens to these guys 20 years later. Oh, no, absolutely. They, they and, hinted and, at that. And give us, but give us something a little bit more profound than the sort of shit that Danny Boyle was coming up 20 years ago because back then it was just like, let me do some cool heroin visuals, you know, let me do some cool acid trips and, and bad sex. And, I like oh, this chick's actually underage and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'm curious to see if they're going to be able to show who those guys became all those years later and do that in a way that feels uh, that believable and that is more uh, that I can tune into emotionally in a way that I, I, I won't lie I'm excited to go see it because people talked up train spotting so much when I finally saw it I was like eh you know just like I was with clerks this movie actually appeals to me more it looks like it'll appeal to me more so and I, I, even back then I think it probably would appeal to me more I rewatched train spotting because it's on Netflix right now oh yeah it held up for me I enjoyed it I knew those up. guys growing yeah. up so or uh, versions of them yeah so probably but, different accents <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think mine? You think mine? But with Ghost in the Shell, I really enjoy Scarlett Johansson looking like she's naked while shooting guns. I'm so glad I wasn't sitting next to another screen. <laughs> Poor but it, it looks cool though, doesn't it? It looks it's a it's interesting. No, I, actually, I thought that was the worst looking yeah. part of the trailer. Was was her running around? Yeah, I actually like when they showed the geisha girl. Yeah, face that was cool. Yeah, those look cool. Yeah, her running around, I was kind of like. Well, and I think all the people. This kind of Resident Evil, but that's the, but that is the, well underworld. Yeah, she's jumping around. It's got an underworld I'm vibe. I'm a fan yeah. of one of those franchises though. Uh, well, I, I, I like to, I like to go see the movie and then watch the cartoon and talk about it. My problem though is I saw Lucy the and anime. Lucy was terrible. Yeah. Lucy was Actually, really bad. I liked Lucy. Up, I thought it was okay. I kind of liked that ending, though. The Matrix, but more stoner, more like pseudo profundity. Yeah, I kind of, but I like that fact where she's like, "I'm evolving beyond." 
And then she's turned into a tree or... I don't even remember the ending at this point. She I don't care. Hey, I don't care. Like, how, about the, how about the mummy trailer? Well, hold on. Before we go too far, since we were talking Matrix, John Wick Part 2. Oh, I'm going to go see that shit, dude. That looks fun. I did like the first one. You didn't? I did not like the first I one. I liked the first one. And, and it was I was weird. shocked because I... Hey, so, so does he does he talk and act like that on purpose? Is that like the character? Yeah. Or is he really that like... He's just like angry all the time, dude. He's just fucking like... No, but I, he does have some weird... Kind of weird that he talks because he talks like this in the trailer. Have you not followed... Keanu Reeves' no, entire but it's, career. But it's different than it. I think that's just the way that they that they ended it. They cut I mean, the he, trailer. He is more terse. Kill every one of them. Whoever comes, I'll kill them. I'll kill them all. Well, all I know is in the in the first one, he always has that very intense look every fucking minute of the movie. Yeah. He's not very conversive. John Wick is not given tons of dialogue, so he doesn't talk. I am John S. Preston Wick Squire. <laughs> <laughs> but it almost feels like one of, it feels like almost one of those uh, what are the Frank Miller books? The yeah, like a hard boiled. Kind yeah, of thing. it like what? where the character doesn't speak, make maybe two lines, and it's just kill, 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 kill. There's kill, a lot stop. of internal monologue in Sin City though that isn't in this. And, and, I don't know, I've Movie adaptation. Dude, it was like no dialogue whatsoever. Well, if you're talking about like Miho or something, right. yeah. But there's even a lot of internal monologue in the movies. You know, they, they was just turned into voiceover. But yeah, I didn't like the first John Wick. People have said that it's kind of comic booky. The thing that reminds me the most of is uh, Boondock Saints, which is the movie that I used to like until all the Broheim really latched onto it. When it was something that nobody else had really heard of, and I was kind of discovering it, it was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then it got ruined for me because too many people like thought it was more than it was. And John Wick was no Boondock Saint. You know, it's just to me, it but feels Neo like. A- and Morpheus are meeting again. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get a little hard when you saw Morpheus. Not after the last two Matrixes. And he said, I, uh, get him a gun? Let me put it to you this way. I've yet to watch the Matrix 2 or 3 since those things came out. That's how little interest I don't I ever watch them. I watched the first one. And the, first one. Yeah, just the first one. The first one's all you need to At see. the end, whenever he flies off, I'm like, oh, the movie's over. That's and the end of it, yeah. And they play yeah. Wake well, Up. I remember I when we walked out of the Matrix, because you and your uh, brother and I, we saw that together. Mm-hmm. And, At Hollywood. And I, was, I think I remember saying, well, he flies to the end. There's really no place to go from there and I was fucking right and then yeah. you saw the sequel with me and Pussycat mm. because remember there was people dressed like that oh yeah and I'm like gonna shoot the theater because they fucking definitely do. stop whispering you move away when you whisper it's very strange you should move away when you yell bad things happen when people show up all in black in a theater in the middle of the night it didn't, it didn't even like almost not let them admit them in like they held them up at the door for a little bit I didn't one of them had like a suitcase it. one of them had a suitcase or something this shit. is a rabbit hole I don't want to go down oh you mean yeah 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 it's probably for the best yeah um can we talk about the fucking mummy already? We'll, get, we'll get there. <laughs> but uh, but John Wick reminds me too much hey, of a, still on John Wick. It reminds no, I was, I was, I was expecting him to go, we're back to Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> now, the end of Lucy. Wait, wait, wait. Remember when we no. showed up and we sat down? So back to back to Trainspotting 2. The reason I didn't like the end of Lucy. <laughs> um, John Wick done is done. Dude. You're not going to see it. I'm going to go see it. It's too much of a video game movie. The first one, it's... It, Did you fucking just... All of the dialogue, all the dialogue was like cutscenes. you know, for the entire feature of length movie though so I, I just couldn't get into it I wanted to I mean I, I tried to get you guys to go see John Wick you guys both flatly refused to go see it I was really interested and then when I finally see it I was like oh, I'm glad I didn't wait I'll, for see, the I'll see it then you and I can go see the sequel I haven't I, seen the original okay I, that was a DVD movie for me for day one so mm. I already knew I wasn't going to go to the theaters to go watch it yeah so I saw it on DVD and I was like impressive okay so, so how about that money so, so wait uh, is the next step with John Wick the John Wick Jack Reacher combo movie where they where they're like partners or some shit no but they're supposed to be a third John Wick. It's supposed to be a trilogy. I know, but the, what about is when Jack Reacher the same shit, but it's Tom Cruise? Is Jack reaching John's Wick? The y'all are falling <laughs> flat tonight, man. What's going on? So the Mummy. What do you think, Mac? Hey guys, is that the Mummy or the Suicide Squad Two? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and he's back. Yeah. <laughs> Because <coughs> that, uh, that, uh, that girl looks like the oh no no absolutely villain. For I thought I thought w- it wasn't the same actress, right? No, that was the actress. They who do look the... even similar. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was. I was like, what? Well, just getting... talking about right, Cardi yeah. Levine? Yeah. I thought she was being ca- uh, was a typecast already. Like, okay, we need a witch. Uh, well, no, she, she, she is, is kind of typecast because, as far as I know, she's a Latina, and the other part that she's known for is playing the white chick from Star Trek Beyond. She was the white alien chick from the last that we saw uh, together. Yeah, the girl in Mummy. Yeah, that's the same chick. So it's it's a Latina who constantly performs in whiteface. Huh. Or in or I'm offended. <laughs> Whitewashed. By the way, just real quick too, let's just talk about Star Trek Beyond very briefly. Because you and I saw that and I barely even remember that movie. I now. don't remember it. Yeah. I remember they played a Beastie Boy song. Yeah, they did and then which is unfortunate too. Beastie Boys do not belong in a Star Trek that's, movie. That's the only thing I actually remember from that movie. I don't even remember the villain or what the point of the story oh, was. Fuck, what was the villain? Oh yeah, Idris Elba. The alien Idris Elba. Yeah. But spoiler, Idris Elba is the evil alien dude. Don't remember. Yeah. yeah that was they, my least favorite. Dude, the only good one is Darkness. Khan, I love that one. I own it. It's my favorite one. I don't watch the first one again and I won't watch the third one ever again. I just, I, I like Carl Urban as McCoy. I think he does a pretty oh, yeah. good impersonation of DeForest Kelly. I like Spock. I'm more of a Trekkie. I think we all are, but no, baby, we haven't it. done any Star Trek episodes really because these are the kind of Star Trek movies that are made right now. Give so. me those Star Treks. But that chick's also in The Mummy. Yep. That, did you already say everything you had to say about The Mummy? Yeah, that was it. Okay. What do you guys think about the universal shared universe concept where they're trying to do like the Marvel Cinematic Universe it seems like universe everyone's monsters. trying to do everybody's right trying now. to do that because they're going to do it with Kong and Godzilla which makes sense they're trying to do it well they already did it with Aliens Predators there's a lot of predecessors and in fact the argument but not, is but, see, but they didn't do it as well where Marvel has like there's this outreaching with what Cap, Thor, Iron Man then you have Guardians Black Panther sounds well, like it's going to be fucking oh, phenomenal it's going to be awesome Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Before we can, we're going to have to cover Black Panther but before we can do that we're going to have to like do a deep dive on Black Panther comics like fucking like the entire Don McGregor run at least because I was looking at they, they finally announced the synopsis for the Black Panther movie and uh, the full cast with the, uh, the roles they've been cast all that shit or lo- all that shit is from either the Don McGregor run or the Christopher Priest run and like every single one of those names Middle America is going to be like what? What's with all these apostrophes? And I, I recognize the names but it's from those runs so that you're talking about you know Chris Priest did what four or five years on Black mm-hmm. Panther Don McGregor did several years worth of them and we got to read all that shit. So we're going to have to really make an effort to get into Black Panther between now and 2018. Well, I've never seen you so excited. Is that on Marvel Unlimited or not? I'm not sure. I, I think the Priest, run, Priest run is. And most of, not all of it. Yeah, but I don't know about the McGregor stuff. Well, I own most of the Christopher Priest I've got run. the essentials, so I can... And I, I, honestly, I've got Priest, most of the original issues, too. So if, no, if it came down to it, I could probably loan one of you guys the It's the McGregors. Well, Those actually, the, the Priest stuff to me was the best. I, I remember you got me onto that. Yeah, but the McGregor stuff lays the foundation for that. Right. And, and it seems like a lot of the characters are going to be in the new movie, including the main villain. Is it going to still have that same kind of quirky humor with, no, uh, new. with Ross? New quirky humor. Well, uh, no, you mean the movie? Yeah. I hope so, yeah. I mean, because they already introduced Ross in Civil War. But he was kind of a badass in that one. You thought he was a badass? He was a fed. Uh, he was a wannabe badass. Well, he's a fed. Yeah. No, they, they made him look like, they, they didn't make him be a wannabe. Super competent man. or anything. Yeah. He, it seemed to me like in Civil War, since they don't have the rights to Peter, or maybe they have to share the rights to uh, Henry Peter Gyrick, since I know the X movies have used him already. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were kind of trying to turn Martin Freeman into Gyrick more than they were turning him into Pete. Well, no, but I think what it is is when he's over here, he's a badass. Once you take him to Wakanda, he's out of water. He has that. That's where he was kind of fun when he was in Wakanda in the books, if I remember correctly. It's just funny to me, though, because you look at the cast. That's like one little white dot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
that yeah. one little white dot. I, I think that's pretty badass. It's awesome. It's awesome. And they've got some the the talent, the number of like name brand known actors in this movie far surpasses any other Marvel. Right? He's the only one. Okay, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, they didn't go. They had no Sam Jackson that I know of that they've announced. And uh, no, no more. No, 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 that's the stinger. Oh, there's your stinger. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's I'm really looking forward to that. But we got way the fuck off topic. How the heck did we get Black you, Panther? Dude. No, somebody brought up Black Panther. We were you just talking it. about the Marvel universe right, yeah, compared universe. to the universe okay. of universe. Godzilla and King Kong are doing theirs, but well, they're only doing two movies. Yeah, Alien Predator did their movies. Yeah, Friday, but, Freddy versus Jason. They were always just two furs, not yeah. not the scope and not the level of quality. But the Universal actually did have a shared universe back in the forty. You know, uh, if for no other reason than are these gonna, monsters going to fight each other? Or is going to be another Monster Squad? Or I, I think that the whole point of this Mummy movie is to set up Tom Cruise as a hero to be part of that universe. So I, I imagine they're going to he's going to have superpowers, right? Because it looks like they've already established that. Yeah, yeah. This, okay, this, this well, is part. I didn't, movie. I didn't like imagine that. that he he's... survives the plane crash or whatever. So you don't, you don't end up in a body bag while you're still breathing. Well, no, so. when they showed that bus and he's like somehow bouncing through the middle of it. Oh, like, okay. I was like, oh, okay, that's not very. Well, he obviously has some sort of immortality. Yeah, okay. That was bequeathed by the mummy and blah blah blah. So she, he's probably gonna be the male mummy. <laughs> By the female mummy, yeah, because well, they said the, uh, the, he was they, bequeathed on. They said the uh, the Dracula film that came out a few years ago. It's part of the universe. No, now. no, 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 no. Th- no. They, that when it first came out, it was supposed to be the start of the Universal Monsters shared universe. And then when it did, it went. Poof. Speaking of queefs, um, oh, come on, man, you're uh, above that. They not they much. they basically yeah, the, not much, no, not, not much. much but, yeah. Well, it depends on where you're positioning. Where stop it, stop, stop, stop. I know you're going with this. Stop it because it did so poorly. They just disowned it and they decided to do. Mulligan, we're going to... A mummy mulligan is what this is going to be. So they're going to start with the mummy now. Oh, because I thought... Wait, wait. Was Godzilla the same way then? Because Godzilla was supposed to kick off... No, 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 no. no. Godzilla did it. It it hit, and that's why they're making Kong, and then the next one after that is Kong and And Godzilla. Godzilla, Yeah, But that's going to be tied into the Brian Cranston that he was in 10 minutes from? They're they're maintained... But I don't think that was conceived to be part of a shared universe. I thought that it was, because we talked about it. Did it? We talked about it when it happened. Okay. Because me and Fraggle were talking about it, because what I've seen of Kong, it looks like it's taking place in the 70s where Godzilla took place present time mm-hmm. so I'm not sure how they're going to make that work I've well been, probably because at the end of Kong they knock him into some hibernation and then he wakes up probably to fight Godzilla but why have it set in the past in the first place you know then, then you don't have to worry about that see it, it, those kind of contrivances are understandable in comics you have to have Cap be in World War II they've done movies where he wasn't in World War II and it, it was stupid so because of how that's set up in the comics you have to do that but with King Kong there's no reason he has to come from the 19th 30s. Yeah. And especially if they're not going to connect to the Peter Jackson movie. So just have it be today. Hopefully it'll just be today because there's no sense in it. But my understanding is part if they did do it in the past, it's because this is supposed to be a prequel that takes place before oh, the continuity you. original movie. So I got you. Um, it looks fantastic. I thought the comic, but that's, I, that was I don't know if I'm going to see that theatrically. Oh, I'll see it with you. I think it looks yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was already burned with Godzilla. So you guys go see it and let me know how it works out for you. But we didn't super enjoy Godzilla, you know, because it was terrible. Yeah. I, you're the, you, I think, I, think you, I liked it better than you, you did. You liked it better than me. I thought it was a Offensively terrible. So I, I liked it okay. We're not talking about it. Okay. Which one? Get to the fucking movie. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, was there any trailers um, after? Who the fucking cares? Well, Guardians. Well, I want to talk about the mummy though. Um. So what kills me with this mummy thing? So though, what kills me with Ghost in the Shell is <laughs> back to Ghost in the Shell. I understand they're trying to do a shared universe, and I understand they're trying to do something similar to what Marvel and Warner Brothers DC extended universe, whatever it's called, are doing. But they're monsters, and I think that you're you're not going to serve yourself by trying to make superhero slash action 
movies out of the Universal Monsters. I think you need to do something that's more horror-flavored, and this just looks like an action movie. Oh, yeah. and, and I wish that instead of getting action movie directors for the Universal Monsters, they would get up-and-coming horror directors, guys who are known for doing cool, scary stuff like Michael Doherty, Jennifer Kent, uh, David Robert Mitchell, Drew Goddard, or Fed Alvarez would be somebody who'd be great to do something like that. Rob Zombie, your favorite. Not my favorite by far. What are you talking about, Rob Zombie? I don't like any Rob Zombie movies. That's the joke. Oh, Please sorry. get on with it. Let's just get on with the movie, man. I'm done with the trip. Like we couldn't do Rob Zombie mummy movie would be freaking great. He'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going all the way back. Uh... <laughs> God damn you. God damn you too. <laughs> uh, I've been a zombie fan for most of my life. I Rob just... Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so for most of my life, I've been a, a zombie movie fan, but I hadn't played Stop. any zombie told, video games. I told you there's a there are YouTube videos where yeah. they do a supercut of every time he says "yeah" on an album, <laughs> so you can look at like Astro Creep, and you can go to all of their albums where they just cut where he says "yeah," and they're all like five minutes long per album. Going, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll put that in my that was Blomkamp. I don't. I don't think he's currently actively attached to the alien sequel. You think so? Yeah. No. Didn't I, he say he was on coming into one of the movies? He. Well, that was before Blomkamp was off. Oh. When he was at when he was in Houston saying that he was going to be yeah. in it. That was when Blomkamp was still going to direct it. Now it's like on hold. They're going to do like the two Ripley Scott movies and then worry about whether or not they're going to do it with Blomkamp. But no, actually, you know what? So Gordon Weaver mentioned that too, though, because she said she's got to finish the Avatars first. We're talking in the 2020s before that's a concern. A fifth alien movie. So thank God, Scorpio. So yeah, good for her, right? Not exactly good gaming odds on that. Yeah, that was from the uh, Star Wars episode, right? Did you step, was that one of the songs you sampled in there? Yeah, kept doing New Order versus... Oh, I remember. Yeah. Everyone I talked to thoroughly enjoyed. We had some new comments on that one. Um, I think on our Facebook page, we got a few comments on that one. So I, I thought the first thing we would do, since it's been almost a year since we did anything under the Rolled Supply brand, is like answer our fucking mail from a year ago. Um, so David Fiore had mentioned that we'd correctly guessed that he was Canadian as charged, a Montrealer now in Toronto, both west of Siskoid. He mentioned that Tusk, both the song and album, were amazing. And because you demanded it, he mentioned a number of tracks that I think we'll listen to and uh, see how we feel about. Okay. The first one is New Kingdom's Paradise Don't Come Cheap. Said the whole album is perfect. We're not going to listen to the whole album, but let's like select a track or something. <laughs> Do we have thoughts? First of all, it was not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember what the context of that. Yeah. It sounds like a cross to, between uh, House of Pain and Cypress Hill. Mm -hmm. Do you like it? I'd have to listen to more, but I mean, I, I'm a 90s hip-hop guy, so... It sounds like it was more in your wheelhouse. Sounds like uh, Ill Communication, Beast was Ill Communication era hip-hop, which is Cypress Hill, House of Pain. Uh, with some Wu-Tang, you may look. Fix it? Yeah, it's okay. The next one's going to be The Gits, Another Shot of Whiskey. Okay, so the first thing I was going to ask was, if was that a dude or a chick? And it was a chick. And she kind of sounded like if Stevie Nicks rocked a little harder. I definitely dug it regardless. Fior also mentions that The Gits has probably the most affecting rock documentary I've ever seen. I tried to find it online. I, I couldn't find it for free, but maybe we can hunt around for it later on. You just played the trailer for it, though. It's kind of a miracle to meet someone like that in this life. I'm so lucky to have seen it. 
Mia was doing something that was unique in 1993, and it's unique today. 27-year-old Mia Zapata was a singer on the brink of making it big, but it's all over now. Zapata's body was found early Wednesday morning on a remote street in the center. Yeah, it looks very uh, interesting. It looks yeah. Damn. And so, what was the background that you caught on the on her? The, the, the singer's name was Mia Zapata? Yeah, basically she was murdered during the production of her second album. Just on the cusp, I think that was like 93, on the cusp of grunge going freaking nuclear. Yeah, I'd I, I like to watch that documentary, though. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And what would y'all think of the song? I think it sounded good. I think it sounded a mix between uh, Stevie Nicks and Courtney Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it sounded like what we all know is Seattle brunch to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't see any any reason why they couldn't have been as popular as anybody else coming out of that. Yeah. I suppose I, I, I mean, I've heard of the gits, but I never really listened to them before. I, I, I wasn't, I had no real familiarity besides. I didn't like Harry Moore. They sounded no, yeah. like good stuff. Well, especially, I mean, if there's only two albums, it'd be pretty easy to investigate that. Our next clip is Bikini Kills Carnival. Known fact, Illegal Machine was a carny. How'd that work out for you? Besides yeah. the small fingers and smelling like cabbage. I'm afraid I didn't see that uh, young belly. <laughs> I feel like I really missed out now. You just had the underage girls working the booths and shit. Correct. Sorry. No <laughs> fun there. <laughs> so you didn't ever get to do like any of that shit like we saw in uh, Full Moon Junction where Sherilyn Finn shows up? And No, we weren't nomadic carnies. We were in a fixed position. I think it's more than nomadic carnies to go through that kind of shit. So, uh, Bikini Kill. Uh, I thought it was fine. I wouldn't yeah. mind hearing more of that. For DC Bloodlines, I do what I call undercurrent music where it's just like songs in the background to kind of change the flow up a little bit and I try to have the music match the character I'm talking about and I did an episode about Anima who was a riot girl chick so I gave myself a crash course as much of a bitch cake feminist as you guys make me out to be I never actually listened to any serious riot girl stuff and I think I remember correctly Bikini Kill was one of the acts I liked the best and they had quite a few solid songs it helps when they're a minute and a half long too you know you're not going to necessarily get tired of it in that time span but uh, they had some pretty good stuff so yeah I listened to more, more of their stuff. Anything to fix it? Nah, I'm more uh, forgiving on it. I'm just, I remember hearing about this band though. I don't know where, but I remember hearing the name. So the next one is just called Demi Rap. D-E-M-I-R-E-P. I don't have any songs listed or anything. I've got a YouTube address, but... This is Demi Rap Bikini Hills. With oh, it's the same it's band with a different song. Okay. Miss Mary Mac, 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 oh, Justin Black, Black, with silver buttons, buttons, buttons all down her back, back. This one, two minutes, 28 seconds long. Bite size. The Red Ants Freakathon. And that's actually the last one, too. The red ants is spelled like the relative, not like the insect or arachnid or whatever it is. I forget. What is an ant? What is, a what? what is an ant? An ant is an insect. It's just not like an arachnid or anything like that. It's not part of some overarching family. An ant is an ant is an ant. But these are red ants like... Freakathon? Freakathon. This one begins and ends with an impromptu patty cake gang that sounds, you know, like it's not really intended to be part of the song. And then it's a punk song that kind of sounds like Tanya Donnelly fronting Babes in Toyland. Who's that? Tanya Donnelly's The Chicken Belly. What's that? You know Babes in Toyland? Yeah. Like Bruce Violet? 
No bullet? Okay, never mind. You're going shit control, man. <laughs> radical, I don't know anything about. It seems appropriate, though, don't you think? Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out why the fuck have you not heard of them and listened to them more? Because this sounds really up your fucking wheel, in your wheelhouse from the yeah. 90s, bro. Okay, yeah, it just... Like, I don't know how this isn't on a fucking Suzanne Vega, Veruca song. But do you have any so idea of how far apart Suzanne Vega is from Veruca song? I don't know how many Juliana Hetfield, Veruca Salt, Bikini Kill mixtapes <laughs> you didn't make that you should have, but I don't fucking get it. <laughs> so how about them red right ants? Okay, so just to clarify, Red Ants is pop-skewing punk. Suzanne Vega, for most of her career, is folk. Bruca Salt is poppy alt-rock. They're not the same at all. Chicks with guitars, everybody loves chicks with guitars, but otherwise, no. As soon as you started playing this, I was transported back to the comic shop, and you're fucking jamming Red Ants, even though you never did, but you should have been, while you're making microwave weenie sandwiches, mayonnaise, and white bread, and you're popping them in the microwave, and they're running to the other side of the shop, so you don't get testicular cancer because <laughs> a guy you worked with died of testicular cancer or got testicular cancer and he always was at Crotchel with a microwave and I didn't know that so. I, I mean I made more of a joke of it than it was it was funny because my partner in the shop we'd be hanging out all of a sudden I'd just run across the shop to get away from the microwave yeah. so my nuts didn't get roasted but uh, I still didn't want to be near the microwave especially at crotch level directly in he line with my voice he didn't want to toast his weenie while he was toasting <laughs> his weenie <laughs> if anything wouldn't that have to help you out with the no kids concept potentially but the whole no Part of it was kind of a downer too. Poor man's just like me. I didn't want a third lump down there, so. But anyway, so I could totally see you jamming Red Ants, and somebody comes in and goes, "Hey, what's the shitty music?" You're like, "Red Ants, man! I'll burn you a disc. I got a bunch of it off Napster or Livewire or something." Honestly, I had that same image in my head. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I almost was surprised you never played this. Where did he ever put a, put a push those shitty CDs on you? Where? Absolutely. You I, I've still got here somewhere. This. You got to hear this. It's pretty good. And you play it once and wonder why, why, oh why. Every time there's some good stuff on the party. I don't know. You gave me some flying tigers or. Oh, you didn't like Ghost Army? No, it wasn't Ghost of Army, something else, wasn't it? You gave me something, the title was Tiger something. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the, the, the that kind of rockabilly, so, yeah, it was good stuff. You don't like yeah, Ghost yeah. Army? Yeah, and, and he always named it something. Yeah, I always named it yeah, something always. random, yes. Yeah, so that's, I don't know why Red Ants. I never, I, I hadn't heard of them. Well, why did Red Ants and Bikini Kill not make one of those? I feel like we missed out on that. <laughs> Uh, because the dude who had even more esoteric taste than me never hooked me up with any red ants. That one dude that works at one of the local comic shops now? Mm. Yeah, so. Mm. The guy who was like the dude in High Fidelity, where you both were Jack Black in High Fidelity and I'm John Cusack? Yes, that, that anyway, one. So without ever listening to Bikini Kill, that kind of hurts me. I feel like I've heard Bikini, Bikini Kill. Kill I, that name sounds very familiar. Yeah, definitely me too. I, I heard of them. Red ants, I'd not heard of, no. no. Who were the other, uh, who were the ones on the Grand Royale? Uh, Grand Royale? Oh, Luscious Jackson. Luscious Jackson. You know I'm a big Luscious Jackson yeah. fan. I don't understand 
understand how on your luscious Jackson. Well, luscious Jackson was Julia, funk, though. I don't understand how your luscious well, how do you, Jackson, how do you, Juliana Hatfield, uh, I got a question, Suzanne Frank. Vega. Do you listen to any metal? Yeah, most of the shit you guys. Metal. I don't even want to talk about this for me, but I'm curious. <laughs> uh, I just want to see what Frank thinks is metal. That's all. No, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, but it, it should have been on there with fucking Suzanne Vega and fucking the Cardigans. And, and the Cardigans were more of a lounge sound for the most part with some techno. It and would be the, the, the electronic guys should be. The theme of the CD, where it's got fucking 99.9 Fahrenheit degrees and fucking red ants, freakathon, and then bikini kills, whatever that other song was. And I just feel it makes me feel nostalgic for our early years. <laughs> and it's just bizarre to me that you miss this pop because it's not like these are some obscure Canadian bands. These are I don't know about the red ants, they might be. I doubt it. The, weren't they were the Gits Canadian? No. Okay. No, I, I think they were they Seattle? I thought they were Seattle. Okay. Yes. Maybe. Um, we didn't get to watch the documentary, so she was wearing Louisville t shirts, so she was definitely American. Maybe she was wearing them ironically. No, I don't think so. So, thanks to uh, David Fior for sending us down this particular yeah, no, wet that, rabbit no, hole. that was bad. I didn't mind any of that. So, so before I forget to cover this section, uh, we got Google Plus One da, da, from Keith G. Baker on Rolled Spine 3 and 4, and Hammer Strikes uh, Plus One, our episodes devoted to Jim, The Force Awakens, The Hateful Eight, and The Free Roaming Rolled Spine 3. Uh, as far as people who enjoyed our last episode, hashtag truly outrageous, were Adam Blackmoon and Art of Selfie, Charlton Hero, Coffee and Comics Blog, Comic Reflections, Darren Ruth Sutherland, David Fior, David Golding Artist, David Gutierrez, Dead as Hell, Dead Vinyl, Dr. G Nerdologist, Fire Source, Keith G. Baker, Legiticus, Luke Dobwalker, Marvel Incorporated 2099, Michael Wagner, Odyssey Unleashed Podcast, the Phantom at Kit the Phantom, Siskoid, Steven Scarlatta, the producer of the Yodorowsky's Dune, and NYHC, co-writer of Beyond the Gates and Final Girl, Uh, Scarecrow, and Trekker Talk. I have some reference to Point Break here. I don't know why I did that. Do we have anything to say about Point Break? The movie? We were probably making fun of the trailer. Yeah, the that might have been it. Yeah, I was going to say the original one. Fucking love the movie. Yeah, yeah, but, but did but we see... These are, these are comments made podcasts we put out over a year ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there are people here who, like, are referencing podcasts that don't exist anymore. People who no longer go by these aliases. People that stop listening to us. It's just, it's a whole fucking mixed bag of, of weird-ass shit that doesn't roll anymore. We some comments on the re-release, too. Oh, did we? I, we're not even, I didn't even touch on all that stuff yet. Was that was on the Facebook page? No. You realize, I don't think we even had a Facebook page no, at the time think, uh, we did this. Well, the, well we, we, unless you want to bring it up on your phone. Was it on the Twitter? I don't think it was on the Twitter. Yeah. I keep up with the Twitter. No, I don't know. Not lately, though. The last, like, over the holiday, I haven't followed the way. Did we just release? No. Well, re-released. On, 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 we're already there. But no, the, the, the merging the merging of the streams as the... the Kyle Benning, Kyle Benning said... What did Kyle... I do remember Kyle Benning saying something. He said, no mud honey or screaming teas includes... Trees. Uh, some of Lane's best stuff came off the supergroup Mad Season uh, when he was in and out of rehab, which one of my favorite... My favorite Mad Season song is River of the Sea. A fantastic... Down rolls down. 
Allison Chains is the best of that era. Pearl Jam is my second favorite. Deeper cuts on their later albums are pretty great. I thought we made a reference at some point to I Nearly Lost You There in one of these shows. Am I wrong? I thought so, too, because I like Screaming. Yeah. And that's the only good song I remember. Dun, dun, dun. That's the only Screaming song I know, too. What was the other one besides? Mud, uh, Mud see, like I've heard much. I've definitely heard the name Bud Honey, but it was a little, like, before the Seattle thing really blew up. Um, was it bad that they were all in at one time? Uh, oh, yeah. Temple, Temple of the Dog. No, you know what? That might be what it is. Didn't, wasn't Mud Honey the group where the lead singer died, and then they formed Temple of the Dog out of the band, yeah. plus Chris Cornell and, yeah. and um, fucking so. Pearl Jam guy. What's his name? Help me out. The Pearl Jam guy. Eddie better. Thank you. The fate of a band called Mother Love Bone is the reason why music today is what it is. The actions of Mother Love Bone and their lead singer, Andrew Wood, single-handedly changed the course of music history. What these guys did in the late 80s and the very early 90s, that's the reason why what you hear on the radio is there. I had a brain fart. What can I just say? I got like four hours sleep last night. Give me a break. That's more than enough for you. Keep on changing. And I have my rebranded Pepsi Zero. Correctly, Don. Mud Honey. I want to say it was Mud Honey. Yeah. No, you were right. It was Love, Mother Love Bone. So what the fuck was Mud Honey? I know I know the name. I can't th- connect the song to it, though. But it was Meat Puppets that Kurt Cobain did all those covers yeah, from on yeah. Unplugged. Okay. Go to the discography. Oh wow, just just a lot of information here. Are they were they were they active for a long time? Eighty nine to two thousand thirteen. That's a fairly long time. Yeah. Members cycling in and out. Associated acts: uh, Nirvana, Green River, The Melvins, Mr. F, and the Calculations. Uh, just tons of stuff here, guys. Okay, so we're gonna have to investigate. But do we want to just like throw out a random search for Mud Honey and see what comes up? Nope. Nope. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm just glad that Cobb didn't forgive you for calling him a Satanist that time. Did he forgive? Ah, uh, he he commented. I, I wasn't sure. I thought he might have been like terribly offended. Well, no, you. Not only did you call him a Satanist, yeah, exactly. But not only did he call out Satanists in our listenership, but he was like the first name he drew up too. Yeah, and it was the, really quick. I was quick to say Kyle Benning. Just remember, if he floats, he's a witch. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think I mentioned that Comic Reflections gave us a Follow Friday. Adam Blackmoon gave us Monday Madness and Team Thursday. Odyssey Unleashed podcast, which again no longer exists. And uh, when I finally did an episode featuring Curtis the Shadow that I sat on for two years, I never got any kind of reply. So it just went into a black hole of does not give a shit about podcasts no more. Uh, he wrote, I'm way behind on listening, but anything Frank Mack and Fixit are involved in, I'm listening, just may not be able to comment for two years. Uh, and then Ryan Count Druncula Daily, which he really doesn't even go by anymore, uh, replied on episode three that Chris Cornell's song from Casino Royale was called, ironically perhaps in this case, You Know My Name. No, we don't. I love the song. I'm not sure how well it fit as a Bond theme, but I liked it. I tend to associate Bond themes with female singers, Carly Simon, Tina Turner, Adele, which I agree with. I like some of the guy singers in the Bond songs, but I typically am going to be more favorably disposed toward the uh, female singers. The only one I always remember is Goldfinger. He's the man, the man with the Midas touch. That one was almost kind of cartoonish. 
It's definitely painting a picture of this yeah. villain for you, yeah. That's the only Bond theme you like, though? That comes off the top of your head? Well, um, I don't like any of them. I you don't like any uh, of them, really? I, I never got into it. The, the one with the, the, didn't you like Garbage? Timothy Leary. No, no, not Timothy Leary. Uh, oh, Garbage? Garbage is another band that would have been on one of your mixes? That absolutely would have been. I was a fan of Garbage, uh, for sure. Living Daylights. Oh, Aha? Uh-huh. No. From the... The song, the song was the, was by Aha uh-huh, from The Living Daylights. That's like the one really? nobody... I thought, that was, I thought that was Duran Duran. No, that you're thinking of uh, View to a Kill, View to a which Kill is a great Bond. fucking Bond song, by the way. I that love one, View to a Kill. That one I've always liked. Plus yeah. that, that's what... Dun, cha, Yeah, no. Nobody ever remembers Aha song from Living Daylights because it fucking sucked. It's it's really like possibly the worst Bond song ever made. When Probably, in fact. Which Bond movie was that part of? That's uh, Little Vanillas, the first Timothy Dolph movie. I don't even remember. I cannot name the song. I do not remember the rhythm. I don't remember what any of the lyrical I content was. Walking making an awesome villain. Honestly, if you hadn't mentioned the Living Daylights just now, I would have not remembered to bring up that that was probably the worst. It's actually probably worse than the Cornell song. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, but we, we, we hate the Cornell song, right? Yeah. You you apparently hate all Bond. How can you hate all Bond it's, songs? I, it's, I don't get the fact. Do you at least like because, the Bond because theme? Because Matt hates everything that exists. He's as close to a nihilist. I just, no, I, just, I just don't. I don't see the, oh, who's going to do the thing and do a Bond song? I, I don't get it. You guys apparently are pretty. I like Bond songs. Circles are gonna, that's great. That's fine. You know, we're going to have a Bond podcast, so I should probably bring it up. Uh, it'll probably be out before this one. Oh, no. Don't do that. Living daylight. Fuck. <laughs> oh, it actually is called Living Daylight. Like, see, that's how little like remembered. I can't believe AHA did this. Anything besides the one video that everybody knows. Yeah. No, it is automatically already better than Chris Claret oh Cornell. Oh, my God. This isn't that bad. It kind of sounds like Bauhaus's. Really, it's just like, some really bad chorus. But. It needs to be black and white and animated. And I can, mm-hmm. I'm down with it. You know, I don't think I've ever seen this Bond movie either. I've, I've seen them. This wasn't that bad. I don't know. I was too harsh on that. I forgot this was decent. I can say this sounds like just anything they would have put out. It's not very eighties. They stayed in their wheelhouse. Real quick, what was the demo? What was the recorded uh, movie? It sounds a little Duran Duran, but it does sound kind of Duran Duran. Now that I'm listening to it again. I'm gonna have to go watch this movie now. Oh no, you really don't need to do that. It's not I've good. The production is not bad on this either. The video? No. They're doing a good job of interspersing imagery from I the movie. I don't know what it took to. So wait, did he come in, in the 1987 to do this? Shit. Yeah, all the superpositions. Yeah. No, wait a minute. Did this come after Roger Moore? Yes. This okay, because I stopped Roger Moore and I picked up again with Brock. Uh, Brosnan. Yeah, I think a lot of people did that. Okay. I've never seen any of this. None of his. Yeah, I told you that, that one day when I was going to the, all the movie theaters with my father and I yeah. caught all these movies, I, I, I'm not 100% certain, but I think that Living Daylights was playing too. But I only caught little bits of it because I didn't care. I just couldn't get into it. I, I mean, I like Timothy Dalton. He's been great in a lot of stuff. But I just couldn't get into his Bond. And I don't think either of the movies he made was particularly good. I just forgot that he was Bond everything. Well, he only made two movies 25 years ago. So, yeah. Because he was only did The Living Daylights and, and uh, License to Kill. And then he was out. So who was it that killed Zorn? That was uh, 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 the last of the Roger Moore movies. Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken. Okay. We'll have to do Bond Top. Yeah. You need to find some stupid ass top 10 Bond songs and you guys watch it and then just talk about it. And also make sure no. you do that when I'm not around. Yeah. I actually, I for, for the 50, uh, 50th anniversary on my little nerd side blog, 
I ranked every Bond theme up to that point. It was like 25 yeah, at the time. Yeah, so you make fun of me about it. I bet it topped. Yeah, well, I should have done it as a video. It would have gotten a million hits. Yeah. But instead, it is a blog when nobody gives a shit about blogs anymore. I am not a blog. I did like Olivia Dabell, though. She was pretty cute. I've never seen these movies, dude. It's kind of weird. People liked it at the time because it, they felt like it was a return to the what they always do with Bond. The first one is always, it's returning to the infamous roots. And in the second movie, they go total fucking Roger Moore, group fall, dumbass shit right for the entire rest of the series. With the exception, with the exception of uh, uh, Craig, uh, Daniel Craig. That's the only one where they didn't go into cartoon land like by the second one. Well, he's more of a thug. Yeah. The fact that you ripped on this song so much and it's actually not bad. Yeah, I feel bad now. seriously question your top ten no, 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 I, I hadn't listened to it. I, I misremembered. I, I, I'm walking back right now, my comments. This was actually not a bad theme at all. Compared to Chris Cornell? Way better than Chris Cornell's. I was completely out of line. I apologize to AHA. Wait, so do you such a strange video? I still don't give a shit about the movie. It's not, but it's better than License to Kill is, is terrible. But but this one was okay. It was just kind of mediocre. But License to Kill is right bad. Like it's like a Steven Seagal movie, it packaged in a Bond movie, and it it's just it's overly violent and vicious. Show. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, now the song. I don't. Ooh, you know what? That was another one. I think was probably pretty bad. I think it was Gladys Knight who did the License to Kill song. That's another one that's like in that that lost time where it's yeah. like wait, there were still Bond songs being done because Duran Duran had a huge hit with View to a Kill and then like nobody talked about Bond songs again until Tina Turner You to a kill yeah, that, was a good, that was a good song good movie dance into the fire there you go because well, the only Bond movies that come pop in my head are Moonraker um, how would you call it Zorro that's uh, we just yeah. You to a Kill we were singing the song yeah but I used to always refer to it as Zorro Christopher Walken. Yeah. Right. Oh, man, I was really hoping for a Frank Chris Walken. <laughs> no, no, not right now. It's really the only impersonation you do, and it's amazing. <laughs> no. Uh, Siskoid wrote on episode... No, no, no. Do this next time. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Siskoid? <laughs> no. I, I can't even do it. I don't even do no it. No punctuation, remember. Can't do any punctuation. Yeah, I'm not doing it. No, no, no it's excessive punctuation <laughs> in all the wrong places. That's how you do Christopher Walken. I always thought it was no punctuation, though. It's kind of a fine line. Remember, from... there would be pr- pr- a punctuation, you delete it, and then you just place it randomly throughout the rest of the sentence. <laughs> Since, I... I the emphasis. Like, the emphasis. I, I come on. Okay. Sound like Jerry yeah, yeah, ready? And. No, no, yeah. Uh, so, Cisco on episode three noted, I am not in Quebec. Them's fighting words. Even more easterly than that. I'm not one of those French Canadians. Yeah, okay. There's R&B here. So, you we, know were, funny is that we were I, contesting that they had R&B in French Canadian areas. I'm going to say on at least two other podcasts, is even as recent as our Sun Satan podcast, I have said that he's from Quebec. <laughs> did you say, No, I don't think you did. I think I called him a I don't think you did that. I, oh, I think I remember that part. Well, yeah. Fuck. I, well, hey, look, man. We're doing it now. We're making up for not being completely <laughs> ignorant about Canadian geography by, by calling him a Quebecer now. Completely ignorant. I, and I'll own that. I'll own that. I just thought that since he was French Canadian, he was well, from Quebec. Didn't you, have you been to Canada? I haven't yes. been to Yeah. And okay. you've been to Canada. I'm the only one who hadn't been to Canada. So. That's what you did. I, I didn't make it to Canada. We, we went to Niagara Falls, but we only stayed on the U.S. side. We never went across the border. Well, that's the only time that I came to a border and they stopped us. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't imagine there's a ton of Mexicans in Canada, right? No. And all they did was look at us and they're like, all right, keep going. They were waving you guys in, though. It's like, no, you guys don't ever make it this far up. I, I was never, like, when I go down to Mexico, go, go to So the they car. actually did stop you. Yeah. yeah Maybe it's because you look like you're from the Taliban they now. Their car. Did you have the fucking Taliban beard back then? Okay. Hey, if you, if you put Mr. Fix's facial hair together with my facial hair, we make one full beard. <laughs> oh. 
I've got the mustache and you do the mustache. I don't yeah. think he wants your mustache, yeah. though. I don't think we you should want your mustache. We should, we should... That creepy. I'm getting yeah. the mustache. Yeah. I'm sorry. I get more compliments on my mustache than I have of any other facial hairstyle I've ever had in my entire life. And, and no, which... from men or women? Both. It... I was at my wife's doctor and she she opened the door and before she even got hey guys out of her mouth, she stopped and said, that is a fantastic mustache. My husband's always wanted to grow in and he can't do it. I'm, I, she was like, it looks great. It looks I think great. she was just looking for a mustache. I'm right. serious, dude. I'm serious. <laughs> I have grown adults, grown men will stop me and go, I don't have the balls to grow a mustache. That looks really fantastic. Okay, I'm just going to say it now. Okay. Does he or does he not look like the George Michael cosplayer from Color Me Blad? <laughs> I don't know if that's you do. Oh my <laughs> He's God. got the fucking George Michael Cosplayer mustache. Want, we feather his hair a little bit. Yeah. See it. I yeah. Can see well, it. he won't grow his hair out long enough hey. to do the full George Michael is that, circa 1980. Is that supposed to be an insult? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Thank you. So thank you. <laughs> we, uh, we watched Color Me Bad last night. It the does. That. They had a full George Michael, yeah. Ford Kennedy. Yeah, they, they, they full Kenny G. Yeah. Uh, 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 full uh, Snow. Proto Snow. Proto Snow. Because Snow wasn't around yet, yeah, but he was definitely rocking the look. Did you say Proto Snow? Uh, Before there was an informer. We were kind of bored last night. Yeah. Oh, that's. I at first I was like, well, these two lonely assholes, and then wow, I actually wish I was here. You got me with protos. Yeah, we 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 tried on that for a bit. Yeah. So wow, well, yeah. Hey, Cisco, remember that guy? Uh, he's not from Quebec, by the way. To okay, so yeah, okay. There's R and B here. To me, it all sounds like either rock or pop or jazz. Doesn't feel like its own thing. That's racist. Like French Canadian is racist against R and B music. R and B music sounds like R and B music, man. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Rhythm and blues. Yeah. I don't know if they have rhythm or blues in. No, I think he's trying to say like how country now is sort of it's just an amalgamation. What, what are you talking about country? We're talking about R and B. Just country, not country anymore. It's fucking pop music. Oh, uh, that is true. That's what I'm saying. I, I think that's what he's saying. It's, it's Family it focused, like, it sounds like pop music. pussified pop music. Yeah. I think that's all he's saying. Uh, but that, but what, what does that country have to do with R and B? Fucking asshole. I'm saying it's the same. He's saying the same thing about R and B that you say about country. That it's not country anymore. It's just fucking pop music. He's saying the same thing with the R and B up there. But R and B still sounds like R and B. I, I just bought like my father. I bought him like Frank Ocean. I bought him a bunch of stuff like Bruno Mars. I mean, none of this shit sounds. Bruno Mars just makes fucking poppy. Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit R&B, but yeah, it is more poppy. Frank Ocean yeah. is more R&B. So you agree with this move on to the next Yeah, one. you guys are bullshit. Uh, okay, fine. It's not a category in French language music anyway. So the French language people do not have R&B. That's too bad. R&B is good sex and music. You would think the French would embrace good sex and music, which would was another conversation me and Fixer were having last night with us. Uh, that I'm probably was not something I wanted to talk to. Happen. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought that part up. Uh, okay, so no, this is going to continue. <laughs> when I say I've been all over Texas. I mean tourist stuff. Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, which he specifically writes as Antone, not Antonio. Uh, Corpus Christi, somewhere in El Paso's direction, Waco, to name places I remember. Uh, I, you know, I don't think I've ever been to Corpus Christi. I've been to all those other places. Corpus is nice. Just take a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess Texas is big enough that people can be regionalists and claim their patch as more Texan than some other patch. You're entitled. Worst Bond theme is Madonna's Die Another Day. Others are less memorable, but that one is complete balls. Die Another Day is pretty terrible. I don't remember that one. Die another We talked about this. I think no, we, this is a repeat. I, I don't remember that. We talked about this. It's it's all techno fart bullshit, because uh, what was that dude? Was it Mystical or not no, no, Mystical? Mystical? The guy... Wait, are you talking about Mystical? No, this this is the dude yeah, who was I like swear, doing... I don't think I've ever heard that song. Pop, he was doing techno music around the same time, around the 2000s. 
or so. Not Moby. It was some like Orbital. Impressive. Orbital was it? The dude's name? It's some some fucking DJ who did techno fart feels. Oh fuck us. Fuck us hard. Thanks, Ciscoid. It's actually kind of a cool video though. Oh, all right. Now he's gonna turn around now. You know what? No, 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 no. This song I remember plenty well enough. Yeah. No, this one I'm gonna hold to. I know this song well, but I'm saying the video is kind of cool because it's violent. Wow, you're right. This is fucking horrible. Yeah. This was the beginning of a James Bond movie. Yeah, this is the one with the Halle Berry and the Asian dude with the diamonds stuck in his face. The Pierce Bronson one, right? Yeah. Might have been the last one, in fact. So this was her music uh, era, right? Or not? Yeah, this was... Well, no, she did... This was after music. This was, uh, I think, before she did American Life, which was a fucking terrible album. Like, I think she did Ray of Life, which was sort of a renaissance for her, and then music was a really good album, and then nothing good since then. You know what this sounds like? Kesha. Yeah. Uh, so, I honestly don't don't even fucking uh, speak ill of Kesha by comparing her to this. That's how bad this is. Kesha's actually she, Kesha did a really good cover. Of, if you told me this was Kesha, I'd be like, yeah, this sounds exactly like Kesha. Kesha's even better than this. She's a even bad oh, Kesha's. Oh, oh, oh. I can't believe they try to pass this off as a James Bond theme. Yeah. Well, she did that beautiful Stranger for uh, one of the Austin Powers movies, yeah. and that was a better Bond theme than this. Well, I think every Bond theme, they, they're trying to they lodge the movie in whatever year it comes out. Like, they want the most cliched sound of the time to be their Bond theme. But this wasn't even a sound then. No. This was no, this, this was this, this, this was like a really shitty '90s club movie. This was a thing that somebody thought was going to be a sound, and no, this is 2000. That's like two, oh, like two, three, somewhere in there. Really, was I right? It's a really horrible song. Yeah, it's terrible. It super I would repetitive. Say worse than Chris Cornell. And also, yeah. Oh, I actually still think Cornell's worse. Because no, as bad as this is, at least it kind of feels like a Bond song. Uh, Cornell just sounded like generic bullshit of the about five years earlier. Like generic bullshit 90s club. Thank you. That was fucking horrible. I love that Madonna is such a narcissist that she wants to be both the ultimate Bond heroine and the ultimate Bond villain oh, in thought, the same video. I thought that was the that, I thought that was her version of the artist battling the chick that stole from everyone else. Great okay, I think you're giving her way too much credit. I think that she wanted to be able to star in a vehicle where she's both the hero and the villain because she thinks she's that awesome. So then Eternal Rage, who also doesn't listen to us anymore or comment, don't know when I've listened to Nine Inch Nails' full album and liked the whole thing. Pretty hate machine, probably. Downward Spiral was last good Nine Inch Nails' album. Damn it, Frank, now you're shitting on House of a Thousand Corpses. Everything else, meh. People like Devil's Rejects for some unknown reason, but House had Dr. Satan. Dude, it's an actual good horror movie. I enjoy Life Force a lot, actually. Hated the original. Hated the original what? Uh, could not stand listening to the lady... Oh, okay. She hated the, he hated the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, could not stand listening to the ladies scream for 30 minutes straight. I thought that was high comedy. Uh, rooting for Leatherface. I may have to rewatch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 again, but I remember liking much more than one. Uh, me too. I may have been too young to appreciate it, eight or nine. Second viewing, I was older, but couldn't get past screaming. That's the one with Hopper and Mosley, yes. Yeah, I like terrible movies, and more faults, the better with them. Painfully bad is akin to well-received in my like of thinking most times. Check out Chillerama for bad. Commented. Yeah. Siskoid uh, wrote, of episode four on Hateful Eight, who he manages to squeeze two eights into that title as one word. I'm less extreme than Frank, as is proper, but I'm still with him on the uh, absolute blow to the film. You have a character telling another story, then trying to tell it again to other characters who haven't heard it yet. Guess what, Quentin? I have. QT's weakest film, in my opinion, and not nearly as good at creating tension as it thinks it is. I've kind of forgotten about the Hateful Eight since it came out. Mm-hmm. I do that with Inglorious Passage. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not Django. No. But I do, it does piss me off, I though. I took a little 
some of the hate it took for it was a little un- excessive. Well, there's a lot of uh, social justice warrior action yeah, there too. So yeah, I, I'm where where was the Jennifer Jason Lee Renaissance though? You know, I, she everybody else in that movie is working steadily as as, as appearing in stuff as high, high profile or more so, and then her fucking nothing. And I love Jennifer Jason Lee. Really ticks me off because she's a middle aged woman, so she's not gonna get the parts that everybody else is. Where's her fucking the fate of the furious role, motherfuckers? You just social justice warrior Frank that yeah so uh not guano man on episode five wrote i generally endorse rolled spines doings but the force awakens backlash leads to sad face i've now listened some good points opinions seems to be very much divided on the force awakens i've heard read as much loathing as love i think the crux of it comes down to whether you bind to the characters i was immediately sold on ray finn and kylo i was utterly enraged with them as people so the echoes of a and h a new hope didn't bother me much oh yeah they did the first time but not the third I still haven't watched A Force Awakens a second time since the theatrical release bad movie uh, I think that, uh, watched it a fair few times so she it. actually had a jonesing for watching it I, was, she, I think she bought it or was like almost rented it before it finally hit cable so I was talking to, to Fix about this never ever ever read a review of a Star Wars movie or get an opinion of a Star Wars movie for the first month after it's been out because it always flips it's the exact same thing Force Awakens I, I, I bet it's probably 50-50 on whether or not Force Awakens was any good anymore. Uh, all people, all the time I talked to you were like, oh yeah, it wasn't any good. But when it first screen came out, it was nothing but people just cranking each other over how great that movie was. And we were like the only ones who were like, that movie was no good. Like, I'm, And it's completely flipped, just like in the prequels. Now it didn't flip as hard as it flipped. Yeah, well it was, it was still better than the prequels. Because it was way better than the prequels. Yeah. Uh, but it just wasn't a very good movie. It was a poorly edited, bad action movie. Yeah. So I think it wasn't really good at all. Uh, and it's the same way with Rogue One. Rogue One came out and people were throwing it in their top 10 movies of the year list and now that's already cooled off now that it's been out for four weeks okay. it's made a fuck ton of money though but not as much as I thought which we talked about this I think on a prior podcast mm-hmm. where it's no longer going to be an event film because they're making a couple of here now it's just, we talked about it in the uh, uh, instance of the Marvel movies well Avengers 1 was a huge event because they've never been done before, before. Yeah. but now that you're going to come out with an Avengers movie every freaking year well every couple to three is what they're doing it's going to trail off you're not going to get the, the instant billion dollar movies because it's not a big a deal mm-hmm. and it's going to be the same with the Star Wars movies you come out with a Star Wars movie every single year instead of once every decade then yeah it, it's going to chill a little bit so yeah. you, you, they need to cool their money making um, expectations off of it yeah you're going to make money but you're going to have to make more movies to make that money because you're going to have a set audience after right. a while so Force Awakens make, or, uh, um, Rogue One's making a lot of money but it's not making Force Awakens yeah not well and again I saw Force Awakens one time I have got to go see Rogue One I, did, I do intend to it's just with the holidays and everything else I haven't got around to it we'll probably see it one time and that's the kind of money they're going to make. They're not going to make Marvel money where I'm going to see a movie a couple of three times, which was already a weird thing for me. I've tried to dial that back some. But to cap the point, my point is that when our podcast came out, it was as negative as it was. Yeah. At the time, it was sort of every an outlier. Yeah. We were a big time outlier. Now, not the case. Well, and the fact that we were, and also because we were criticizing you know, legitimate points, not because we we're racist and misogynist like a lot of those other critics. Right. We were, we were like, like "What's a black solar trooper and a yeah. girl doing it?" That was, that was furthest from our company. Yeah. Because again, it's like I finally got around to seeing 
Ghostbusters, which was also a much worse movie than The Force Awakens. Like, it was deeply unfunny. Wait, how about, whoa, when did you watch it? I watched it on cable. What'd you think? I, it was, well, and I watched the extended version, too. Okay. So there's some stuff in there that's like, oh my god, the, I really wish they, could I, can I see the cut version now? Uh, except that I have to watch it again, so I don't have to do that. Leslie Jones was the funniest thing in the movie, easily. Who's that? Uh, she's the black girl. Okay, easily the funniest person in the movie. So the fact that she got so much of the criticism shows that MRAs are fucking cocksuckers. But it still wasn't very good, especially all the cameos. None of those cameos were any damn good. Bill Murray especially was like, oh, I wish this didn't happen. Oh, Bill, you know, you're not helping your legacy any with this shit. But I, personally, I think the best thing that, that they did in the entire movie was when Leslie Jones and, um, help me out, uh, Kevin James, Sookie from... Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. When they're... Did you see it, by the way? Ghostbusters? <laughs> So so when Leslie Jones and Melissa McCarthy are talking about Kristen Wiig's boyfriend and how he would be in bed and how he'd be yeah. dancing and stuff, and they're just kind of riffing on his, like, sad, pathetic whiteness and shit, that was the funniest thing in that entire movie. And that should have been, like, a little off-the-side goof. And instead, I think that was the only time I had genuine, sincere laughs through the movie. It was a mediocre action movie. I do think, though, that, like, and you you know, uh, uh, me and your sister were talking about that and kind of standing on that, is the, the dumbness of Kristen Wiig's character is in no way... A, a unusual for a female character in movies. And I, I think the very strong reaction is you don't appreciate how many women in movies are treated exactly like Chris Hemsworth was in that movie. That was the whole joke, is they basically took a female character from so many comedies and cast a sexy guy in the role instead. But I, I didn't have any problems with that. It was just, you know, it just wasn't very funny though. It just didn't, it, and it, it didn't tell an original enough story, but it wasn't faithful enough to the original movies to where it could even be like a like just a remake or an homage. It needed to be something new and it wasn't really new at all. It just, and all those actors have done better work elsewhere uh, that, you know, uh, uh, so it just, it just didn't come together. It just didn't work. And trying to will it to work to make a political point isn't reason enough for this thing to exist and to make a bunch of money. But I, I know there are a lot of girls, little girls, especially that like Ghostbusters. I think Ghostbusters is going to be like a hard duck for us where it's objectively not a good movie, but because it came out at the right time and hit you in the sweet spot, you're going to have love for it. And I'm happy for those little girls. I'm happy that some of those action figures, you know, made some money and all that kind of good stuff but that doesn't make it a good movie it, it may align with my politics I may have wanted to make a point in seeing that movie but it, it wasn't very good I thought it was garbage okay yeah I do think you're overly harsh on it it wasn't it wasn't like I hated it it wasn't like they were stabbing me in the eyes while I was watching it it just wasn't very funny it just it, it didn't deserve to make a ton of money and it didn't so you know whatever and it should it cost too much money too he spent so much money on the special effects in that movie and trying to sell it as an action movie like Melissa McCarthy is genuinely trying to do action beats like the bit where they're having her running around and punching the yeah. ghosts with their oh, energy yeah. gone Shit. It's like that's that's not that's no that's not gonna work. And also, by the way, I really like what's her name the the, the lesbian chick from Saturday Night Live. That she she the plays Hillary. Does, he does Hillary. He does Hillary all the time. Yeah. I like her fine. I like her SNL bits. I, I really like her as uh, Trump's crony. Oh, uh, what's his his uh, Kellyanne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that chick. She's a lot of fun on those. But considering how heavily she was sold by like when I would I would check out like people's like little reviews and apparently she like. Just, was a major she, girl she crush. Molly she did, there was a Molly Shannon about her, yes. But considering how people were just, well, not people, women specifically, were like thinking she was so super hot and thinking Holtzman was such a sexy character, I, I wasn't getting it. I, I'm sure part of it is because I wasn't the intended audience for that, but also I, I, I thought that she wasn't very funny. I never thought Kristen Wiig was funny. I, I just, yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. I, I, I can't be the SGJ on this one. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, hey, back to Force Awakens. Oh, shit, we were back on not guano man they were, we were pro- they're, okay not guano replied in this comment <laughs> 
continue. There are plot problems, in particular light speed, but the acting, cinematography, and emotional punches really work for me. Depends what media you see, I feel it's taken a somewhat disproportionate battering. Which, is at the time, I thought was weird because I didn't hear that, but apparently Facebook was savaging the movie at the time. Uh, Firesource wrote, Force Awakens, Before the Awakening, gives an explanation why Rey can fly ships, gives an explanation why Finn can use weapons so well. He's a stormtrooper. I thought they just got better training in the modern era of Star Wars, right? All the stormtroopers were more competent in that movie than they had been previously, so I don't don't really have a problem with that. Uh, Charlton Hero wrote, Listening to the Star Wars podcast with clenched fists. LOL. So frustrating, it's great. Very much loving the episode, guys. I love The Force Awakens, and I'm enjoying its beatdown. Fun episode. Thank you, sir. Uh, I I, I try to keep an open mind, even when somebody's attacking something that I have love for. It's like I try to at least give them the opportunity to explain themselves. Just like... um, there was another movie, it might have been The Force Awakens, where the uh, guys over at Pulp to Pixel were, like, talking about how awesome it was. And, and oh, and, of course, I mentioned uh, how the guys at Fl- Film and Water were loving the movie as well. And I'm just sitting there going, there's no one here to offer a critical counter-opinion? It just drives me nuts. But they weren't bad podcasts. I listened to them both. So. It's called Hateless. There's a little bit of Hateless in there, though. Siskoid, <laughs> um, again, uh, wrote episode five. I knew I could count on you to destroy this movie. I think Frank... They suffer from the same thing I do regarding Star Wars. The movie's flaws wouldn't be so irritating if there wasn't a legion of strident apologists spewing venom on anyone who pointed them out. Wait, me, is this Siskoid? This is Siskoid, yes. I love you. <laughs> uh, for me, The Force Awakens was about level with Return of the Jedi, which is damning with faint praise since the Jedi was my second favorite Star Wars film. I've only really ever liked Empire. The Force Awakens' only job was for me was to pass the torch to new characters I wanted to see in future movies. It did that for me, if not for all of you on every count. If I had, if it had had an original plot, all the better. It didn't. So as with Jedi, I was in and out of the movie. Like the banter and the elements that were remixed enough, and Kylo Ren certainly, and irritated or bored by the elements that were exactly like those of A New Hope. I can't get outraged too much because I don't really care about the franchise enough. That's true. I still found a lot to like, including how it allowed a lot of scenes to play without dialogue, the sense of fun it had, etc. Is the killer planet really unable to move? I ask because each recharge drains a sun. How many Sons does it have access to? If it just one, if it if it is just a one shot weapon, which must then be abandoned. Uh, oh, is it just a one shot weapon, which must then be abandoned? Why bother destroying it once it's acted then? And if it can be moved, why bother destroying planets? Just suck out their sons and watch them die. Not well enough. Not thought through at all. Not not well thought through at all. As for why Ray was so powerful with the Force so quickly, the clues in the title. I think Kylo created his own worst enemy by trying to push her mentally, unlocking her powers and a sense of how to use. Them, aka your no prize in this movie, Cisco. Uh, I think uh, possibly it also has to do with the psychic feedback from touching the lightsaber. Could it have been imprinted with a secret message and abilities payload? Uh, the Matrix, I know Kung Fu. Uh, that isn't a, that isn't uh, that isn't that 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 it isn't addressed. You French or what's wrong? Yeah, no, right. You're out of it. Sorry, Frank just had a stroke. All right, and we'll give him some bear. All right, go and. Uh, that it isn't addressed in the confines of this film is a weakness even if Luke explains it at the top of the next one I agree but it didn't bug me enough but it didn't bug me because Kylo's push was the demarcation point and while ambiguous made sense to me 
uh, Ryan Count Drugula Daily wrote an episode. Wait, let me just say something. When Siskoid and Rockman Ryan, you're included in this too, you guys inevitably get kicked out of Fire and Water podcasts for being lazy assholes. Because <laughs> uh, it's going to happen. You guys are welcome to join our shitbox podcast network. <laughs> Anytime you want to join the shitbox world's fine, hot or not, we'll fucking rename it. We don't even care. We'll rename it the Hot or Not Secret Origin Network. We don't even care. <laughs> secret Origin. Don't ever be negative, Nancy. Secret Origins doesn't exist as a podcast anymore. Uh, it doesn't matter because these comments don't. <laughs> these are comments fucking a year and a half old. Okay. True that, yeah. Uh, speaking of Ryan Count Drunkula Daily, he wrote hilarious usage of Rule of Threes. Ilmax saying, shout out to Count Drunkula when you mentioned me, then shout out to somebody else, finally culminating with shout out to Mace Windu <laughs> as if the fictional character... Yeah, shout out Mace Windu. <laughs> Apparently you did. It's been a long time. As if the fictional character is a friend of the show, Sam Jackson, wild agent of Marvel. Uh, oh, if only. Uh, I could do a hilariously offensive uh, impersonation of saying all of Jackson that we could easily do a two-hour podcast. I'm sick of these motherfucking crackers on this motherfucking podcast. Well, as a matter of fact, for one of our promos, you did a hilariously offensive impersonation <laughs> Holy shit, we already did it! Yes, we've been there. Oh, and, and I haven't even done the Asian one yet. Oh, boy, I'm going to be in trouble for that. Nightblade. Okay, so David Fior, we already did. Uh, okay, so finally we're going to end with Siskoid on episode six. Uh, obviously, this was taped before our conversation on Wild Agents. I didn't realize I used Siskoid in an episode of uh, World's Fine. That's how long it's been. So the stuff about my accent, priceless. If I am asked to voice Annihilus, I've got it made. Shame about the Fantastic Four movie franchise. <laughs> is this going to be a complete episode? I guess it is, huh? Yeah. That was long. Well, yeah. Why are we answering questions from because that's how long it's been since we've done one of these podcasts, man. Another reason why joining the streams, we can then kind of talk about no, no, no. We're gonna act, we're not gonna actually intermarry the shows to one another, right? The group shit's okay. gonna be on one stream. That's all it is. Yeah. There's still gonna be a rolled spine show, isolated from the other shows. <laughs> How does it feel to treat me like you do?